Think again with Borderlands Cooperative. Join us for critical conversations about things that matter. Every Friday at 10am on 3CR Community Radio. 855am on your dial. And on 3CR Digital and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. So together, let's think again about important matters affecting (coughs) us, like economics, politics, education, health, climate, and what we can do about it all. Welcome to Think Again, a program presented to you by Borderlands Cooperative, an organization working for social change for 26 years since yesterday. Mm. I'm Jacques Boulet. And I'm Jennifer Burrell. And for this 228th program, we are broadcasting from the 3CR studio on the land of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Today we're talking about some stories that may help us understand our times and do things differently and take different directions as a society. Yeah, so to jump straight in, our first story is The Ones Who Walk Away from Omelas, a short story by famous science fiction writer Ursula Le Guin. This story centres on a thriving and vibrant city named Omelas, full of happiness and delight and serenity. But all of the city's splendour and bliss is dependent on the misery of one child kept in a tiny dark room in a basement. When inhabitants learn about this, when they do, some leave the city forever, but nobody knows where they go. Most choose to stay when they find out and enjoy the fruits of the city, despite their happiness being dependent on the misery of one child. This resonates with so much about the way we live today. How much of our modern day comforts are at the expense of exploited people here and overseas who contribute to the making of our goods, being robbed of their resources, often working in slave conditions and then having to deal with the rubbish we left, as we showed in several of our programs this year. How much of our privileged lifestyles is at the expense of slowly drowning Pacific nations and people living on the expanding deserts of the African continent, to give just a few other examples of what our profligacy does to our world and its other inhabitants. Yeah, and are we metaphorically also condemning the children of the future? to live in a dark, miserable basement so we can enjoy our own set of our own best lives today. And those willing to leave the city of Omelas, leaving Mother Earth, where will they go and what will they do? For those who have listened to our programs about the Gaza war and about Israel's profiting from the production of occupation and the software and hardware which it sells worldwide. You're talking about military hardware, Sean. Exactly. Perhaps the Israel-Hamas war can be seen in this light too. Mm. So does the state of Israel depend on the misery and subjugation of the Palestinian people? I guess that's what you're suggesting, Mm -hmm. Jacques. And indirectly many other peoples and the death of children. Of their children, yeah. And how does Australia's commitment to the alliance with the US, the UK and other Anglosphere countries, for example through the AUKUS deal, contribute to keeping the child living in misery in the dark basement. Mm. So, on to the second story uh, we have today. 
that's the hare and the tortoise, probably a bit better known than the other one. And uh, the hare and the tortoise is one of the famous Aesop's fables. So the story goes, a hare was making fun of a tortoise for being so slow and challenged her to a race. In the early stages of the race, of course, the hare was so far ahead of the tortoise that in his blinding hubris and wanting to show his superiority to the tortoise and the rest of the world, he decided to take a nap. He didn't have to make an effort. And of course, the tortoise being slow but steady and consistent, eventually passes the sleeping hare and wins the race. The moral of the story is usually made out to be slow and steady wins the race. However, it is also a story about hubris and narcissism, which resonates so well with modern politics and with the neoliberal version of the capitalist economy. Mm. There's the emphasis on getting things done quick and dirty. The public show of getting things done, or as we now call it, of delivering outcomes. Yeah, rather than taking the time to do things properly with, with all the required research, planning, preparation, a lot of putting one foot in front of the other, mm -hmm. bringing in the expertise that's required along the way, and then the careful review and and reflection and evaluation. Of course, in politics that would require maintaining and paying for a diligent and fearless and independent public service, rather than quick fix, expensive and self-interested consultants. Yeah. Even corrupt consultants, as we've heard recent examples of, being the water price, uh, the price water, price Waterhouse Cooper disaster and the planning and non-planning of public transport in Victoria. Yeah, and we did wonder, didn't we, Jacques, in mm -hmm. several of our earlier programs, why our capitalist political economic system seems to put narcissists, like the hare, in positions of power. We've even wondered in earlier programs whether we should be calling them sociopaths. Yeah, and that was all, I think, in around November 2019. Yeah, for almost five years ago. Yeah. And we recently have been arguing for the return of solid participatory evaluation as part of proper planning and implementation processes in major works and in all policy areas, especially education and social welfare. Mm. So... Now on to our number three story, which is actually a true story, the story of the Titanic. So many books and movies have been written and produced about the true story of the sinking of the passenger liner, the Titanic, in 1912, with the focus often being on the human dramas as the catastrophe evolved, like uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's love story in the movie Titanic, along with the heroism, stories of heroism and selflessness of some passengers and selfishness of others. Mm. But we think the main story of that catastrophe is really the modernist belief in the invincibility of the Titanic and the invincibility of human technology and capability and power over all, all the elements, the, superi the superiority of humans over nature, cutting through and conquering, supposedly cutting through and conquering 
all obstacles thrown up by the natural world. We can conquer them all and cut through and have our way. Mm. So the story of the Titanic can be seen as a catastrophe arising from human hubris, pitting the supposedly best technology against nature, as the liner was deemed unsinkable due to its, to its design. Even its name derived from the mythical figures of the Titans, gods in the Greek story of the origins of the universe. But as we know, it sank after hitting an iceberg and about 1,500 people died in the chill waters of the northern Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, and the Titanic story, I guess, can also be seen as the neglect to take time and care to do things properly. To make sure everyone's safe because of the push for public show and spectacle and instant results as well as for commercial profit. The White Star Line shipping company which owned the Titanic was in a hurry for financial returns from the journey and in competition with another arrival company to win the race for the fastest Atlantic passage. So it pushed ahead with the journey, despite there being an uncontrolled fire in one of its huge internal coal bunkers. Many now believe this was key to the Titanic sinking, as the fire, the, on, the unquenchable fire, um, weakened the hull of the ship, which was then cut through by the iceberg. And such titanic misadventures have been accompanying the story of the modernist expansion during and after the so-called Industrial Revolution and the European colonial expansion, for which untold millions have paid with their lives. As we have shown in our three programs about slavery earlier the year. Yeah, so enough for the Titanic. <laughs> On to our fourth story. That the Emperor Has No Clothes by Hans Christian Andersen. So, the, most people will know this story. In the well-loved story of the Emperor having no clothes, a vain Emperor spends too much on clothing and neglects matters of state. He is tricked by two conmen, making him believe that they can weave magnificent clothes that will be invisible to anyone who is too incompetent to hold office. The emperor and many of his entourage go and check the loom where the promised invisible clothes are being woven. But it's empty because presumably invisible, (laughs) but afraid of being thought of as fools, they all pretend that they can see the cloth. So the emperor ends up walking naked in a street in a parade. But the people, being quite uncomfortable, go along with the pretense. And I guess uncomfortable and used to bowing to power, Jacques. Mm. They go along with the pretense until a small boy pipes up and says that the emperor is wearing no clothes, which is then reverberates and is echoed throughout the whole watching crowd while the emperor continues his naked There are so many examples of people going along with things while bound to power until someone pipes up and exposes the obvious lie or deception. And of course, those some ones then often get attacked themselves, shooting the the messenger basically. Well, yeah, I'm sure most listeners would know examples of that happening. And even most recently, mm-hmm. we had the ABC sacking a presenter, Antoinette Latouf, for daring to call out the 
Israeli military for killing innocent civilians in Gaza. Exactly. So that's a... Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's one example. Or think about Greta Thunberg and all the students and others calling out our climate emergency in the Extinction Rebellion movement. Think about the people pointing out that it is not okay to mass bomb thousands of civilians and their infrastructure in Gaza, in spite of Emperor Netanyahu and his supporting US and UK leaders pretending they're just going after Hamas, and with much of the mainstream media also remaining silent while showing the destruction. Yeah, and like I just gave that example of mm -hmm. the ABC journalist, but there's also the school children going out to mm -hmm. protest. So again, it fits so well with this story of the Emperor of No Clothes mm. with being younger people calling out the truth. Exactly. Yeah, and we certainly need to channel that little boy calling out the nakedness of our emperors more than ever. But moving on to our fifth story for today, we have... The story of King Midas. So King Midas of, I think I pronounce that Phrygia. Mm -hmm. King Midas of Phrygia, who lived a life of comfort and luxury in Asia Minor, was given the chance to make a wish. So he wished that everything he touched would turn to gold. Which is the origin of the saying of someone having the Midas touch and of the well-known advertisement about that. Mm. Yes, but in the story, it's not a good thing, is it? He, no. um, King Midas soon found that his wish coming true was in fact a curse, especially when he touched his favourite food, which turned into gold so he couldn't eat it. And the same with water. He couldn't mm -hmm. drink water because water turned to gold. And when he hugged his daughter... She turned into a gold statue. Yeah, just like in James Bond, Goldfinger. Yeah, not sure about that one, Jacques, but um, all, certainly all the king's abundant material wealth was no good to him, as he literally could not enjoy the fruits of nature that he depended on to live. And his beloved daughter was destroyed too, and it needed another godly intervention to restore everything to normal. This does indeed seem like a story made for our times. We forget that the economy and the common wealth we are all dependent on and connected to with, the, to, with derives from nature and a healthy planet, from a healthy Mother Earth. And such thirst for wealth also creates separation from others. Just look at the widespread, the widespread loneliness in our society as material gain is put before relationships with people and with nature and the non-human. Yes, and on that note, Jacques, I think we should go to a break. For today, we have The Seed by Aurora, performed by Melbourne Indie Voices.
You're listening to Think Again on 3CR Radio, 855am on your dial and streaming live at 3cr.org.au. Today we're talking about some emblematic stories which we think have a message for our times, especially at the end of the year and into the new year. Yeah, well, we have Aboriginal author Tyson Junker-Porter to thank for our sixth and last story for this program, the story of the art of the deal, as featured in his latest book. Yeah, really appropriately for this program on stories and their meaning, Tyson Junker-Porter's latest book is called Right Story, Wrong Story, and it was just published locally by Text Publishers. Junker Porter wrote Sand Talk a few years ago and it certainly blew me away for its deep wisdom and incisive commenting on Aboriginal and Indigenous knowledge in general and its contrast with modern knowing and understanding. A few weeks ago our guest Jack Manning Bancroft, author of Hoodie Economics, commented on our program how we learned from his conversations with Junker Porter in, at Deakin University's Indigenous Knowledge Systems Lab. As he elaborated on his idea of a relational economy, in contrast to the transactional market in economy we inhabit. So it's good to have a closer look at the snippet of right story, wrong story, a taster before we invite Tyson for a real conversation early next year. In a chapter halfway through the book, Tyson offers a concise but incredibly incisive passage. It's worth listening to it as it brings together a lot of what our programs are about, especially this program on stories. And I start quoting the whole world did a workshop recently, starting around 2016, inducting us into the wrong story and bad relation of The Art of the Deal, the book of Donald Trump. Most of our interactions are operating from this pattern now, which means there is always a winner and a loser. And the winner is the one who tells the most lies and does the most damage. The loser says, please stop that, it's hurting me. To which the winner replies, I'm not doing that, you're doing that. You're hurting me. You're crazy, you're imagining things. And now you're gaslighting me, fatty. Unquote. Oh no, you're still quoting. That's right, I'm still quoting. The loser sputters at the outrageous physics of this 5D chess attack, tries to deal with each lie in turn, becomes exhausted and then pathetic, and later depressed or vindictive. Meanwhile, the winner spins off into a righteous moral panic recruiting supporters and kicking up more mendacious dust. Stop hitting yourself. I know you are, but what am I? For the winner in this ridiculous game, the same nastiness that worked for them in kindergarten still works today. The losers are also trapped in the patterns of helplessness they learned in their infancy. Maybe indigenous wisdom will save the day? Not likely. The art of the deal is everywhere now. 
It's a shameful and shameless process. Flip, lie, contradict yourself, double down and yell until everything is broken. Then enjoy your unlearned social advancements as you stand upon the smoking ruins of your relationship. Maggie Thatcher's curse, there is no such thing as society, has taken a while to reach us here because of indigenous exclusion from the economy. But every day more of us become collateral damage in the scorched earth policies of an economic experiment scaled to the planetary level. We can either join the horrid game and be slowly destroyed or refuse to play and be destroyed immediately. End of quote. I hope when you interview him next year, Jacques, we can end that on a more optimist with some more optimistic, mm, yes. hopeful ideas, hopefully. And that it is not just wishful thinking. Hmm. Yeah, and, and Jacques, from what you've told me, it's an inspiring book overall. So I'll certainly be reading Junker Porter's book, Right Story, Wrong Story, over Christmas, and, and hopefully we can return in the new year with some cheer. <laughs> I don't know about some cheer and more ideas about what we can do to counter some of the more destructive things we've talked about today. Yeah, so from both of us, happy Christmas. Happy Christmas story to everyone. Yeah, as, as you create your own stories. Mm-hmm. And hopefully <laughs> as we all do. a happy one. Yeah, and maybe maybe some of you might enjoy sharing some of your own favourite stories with family or friends you're meeting up with over the Christmas break, which mm. might be a good icebreaker, getting mm. to know people um, without the threatening intimate questions, but really getting to know more about mm-hmm. what makes people tick and what motivates them and, and what they care about. That's so, right. And feel free to share some of your stories with us. Mm-hmm. What's taking place in Palestine is horrendous. The people of Gaza who have survived ethnic cleansing, three wars and a 16-year siege are now facing the biggest attacks ever mounted against them. This will only stop if governments like ours demand that it stop. Here are some ways that you can keep yourself informed and involved. Listen in to Palestine Remembered every Saturday morning at 9.30am or listen to the podcast. Join the APAN mailing list at apan.org.au for updates, news about actions you can get involved in and where you can donate to provide humanitarian assistance. Listen to other news and current affairs programs on 3CR that also cover Palestine. The oppression of the Palestinian people has been going on for 75 years. It has to stop. You can be part of making that happen by staying informed and active. APAN is a proud supporter of 3CR. Thanks for listening to Think Again on 3CR Community Radio. If you want to send us feedback or ideas, you can email borderlands at borders at borderlands.org.au. As always, our past programs are available by podcast on a variety of platforms and via the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au mm, And meanwhile, as usual, please enjoy Milku Mana by King Stingray.
listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.